Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey there, and welcome to the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield, and joining me for the weekend wrap-up is Bill Wagner. The weekend wrap-up is brought to you, everyone, by our sponsors. Thank you to Scott Shooter, Realtor and Crew in Annapolis, Academy Securities and Phil McConkey, New Day USA Mortgage and Admiral Tom Lynch, Pro MD Health Annapolis, and Dry85. Wags, let's get right into it. The weekend featured two pretty important competitions against Service Academy rivals. Neither of those affairs went well, with water polo losing the Freedom Vase to Air Force in sudden death overtime on Thursday. And then more importantly, Paco Labrador and the volleyball team losing the star to Army in a Saturday sweep at West Point. Army held just a 45 to 38 advantage in kills. Um, however, the Black Knights posted just 15 attack errors and forced the mids into 26, in part due to Army holding a 12-4 edge in blocks. So the way that the season started last year is the way that the season starts this year, and that's with a star match lost to Army in the very first session, which is how it went for Paco Labrador in volleyball last year. Wags, is this something to be concerned about? Well, it's certainly disappointing, and if you recall last year, the volleyball was one of the few star matches that the Navy dropped. But then there was encouraging news later in the season as Navy beat Army in come Patriot League tournament time. So they were, you know, going into the season. I remember them saying we beat Army twice in the span of a few weeks at the end of the season. And even though those weren't the star matches, it was still seemed to bode well for volleyball. Um, Paco Labrador said the serve receive, uh, did well. I mean, I'm not quite sure where it all went wrong for volleyball, but army has been the better of these two programs over the years, John, that's just the facts. If you go and look at the series history, army has been the better program. So hopefully Paco and, and company can get it together. Jamie Llewellyn had 13 kills or twin sister, Jordan Llewellyn had 10 Hannah Hoover had 14 digs. Navy's got to regroup. It's only one Patriot League match. I know it really hurts to lose the star match, but there's bigger things ahead. Need to win some more of the other Patriot League matches, John. Yeah, you mentioned the Llewellyn Twins, Wags. They combined for 17 kills and 15 digs in a three-set victory to start the weekend on Friday night up in Holy Cross. But like you said, it did not end the way that they wanted, losing to Army, losing the star. We talked to Avery Miller last week. She talked about how focused they were. So it's a little bit surprising, not only that they dropped the star, but that they dropped it in straights. Hey, they return uh, to action at home. Uh, A five-match homestand starts this coming Saturday when the Mids play host to Loyola. I mentioned the Freedom Vaz and water polo. I know that Coach Louis Nicolau did not want to drop that. And, and Wags, I watched that on YouTube. 
in addition to the play-by-play crew being one of the worst ever, like absolute worst ever experience to, to watch something on YouTube. Um, it, it was just a heartbreaking match. You could tell it went back and forth. It went to OT. It went to double OT. It went to sudden death OT. And then, uh, and then Navy water polo dropped that to air force. Then they had to get right on the road wags and fly out to Cali they played the number three ranked USC Trojans. They played the number 10 ranked San Jose State team. They dropped both of those. They were able to fit in a win over Occidental in between. Uh, Co-captain Will Clark had a pretty good weekend. So did Jake Altmeyer, Graham Linder. Um, but, you know, again, dropping those to ranked teams only gets these guys ready for uh, conference play. And that's going to be starting here pretty soon. Water Polo now has nine days off before welcoming Mount St. Mary's to the pool in Annapolis on September 27th. Wags, let's talk a little bit about running. I don't know. If I'm planning the Navy Invitational up there at the golf course, I might not let Annapolis run a 5K wine and dine race up there because that's what happened. Uh, I drove out there to like to get the start of the of the uh, men's and women's invitational uh, out there at Greenberry Point, and there are people running all over the place, and there's like a wine tasting 5K going on. So you know, in the midst of that, the Navy men's cross country team placed seven runners in the top 10 in the 4.9 mile race at the Navy Invitational. Uh, for the women, they were led by individual medalist Emily Booten. Um, They placed its top seven runners in the top 12 to win the 6K race. So overall, a pretty good weekend for the runners, despite the fact it turned into a logistical nightmare out there. But it's pretty clear, in addition to, like, really talented veterans, the freshmen like Mia Claire Cazal placing again, the senior Elizabeth Sullivan placing again, um, I'll tell you what, you know, the the regular names for uh, the men, including Alex Rizzo, were individual medalists, but it looks like Wags, the runners, got their season started off pretty well. Yeah, no, that's nice to sweep the Navy Invitational, and Rizzo was the individual medalist. He just edged his teammate, Sam Keeney, who is a local product. He's a South River graduate, John, and I mean, that's a pretty good uh, disparity on the point total. Navy with 21, and the runner-up, George Mason, uh, they beat them by 35 points, John. So, you know, that's good to sweep the Navy Invitational. I'm sorry that you had trouble trying to get out there to watch it. Uh, you know, Coach uh, Aaron Lanzell said it was a great atmosphere and they had a nice field. Um, so uh, I didn't I, I don't understand why they would have another event going simultaneous to the Navy Cross Country Invitational. But uh, that's that's an odd one. Yeah, the, the runners, I'm sure, were able to celebrate their nice day at the office with a, a crisp Chardonnay or maybe an oaky uh, uh, Cabernet. I mean, who, who knows? You know, different strokes for, uh, for different folks, as we all know. Now, I will tell you, and we're getting into my wheelhouse here, that the weekend started off pretty darn well and the Patriot League season started off pretty well for both soccer programs. The Navy women's team came out. On Friday night, I was there, and they put their foot on the throat of Bucknell. They did it early. They kept it down. And I'll tell you what, I didn't do the research because I'm not a very responsible journalist, but I don't remember an ass-kicking of Bucknell 
taking place on this level in all of my years following Navy women's soccer. And that's 20 plus now. They beat Bucknell 4 0. Um, it was over before it really started with uh, Alexa Riddle getting an early goal in the first six minutes. Dawn at the 28th minute. Um, Caitlin Duran, who's come back from a lower leg injury pretty well, she scored in the 56th. And then freshman Phenom Marley Heaven in the 76th uh, minute. Graziano kind of played playmaker um, and had three assists to help her teammates. And then Maddie Gallagher had the uh, shutout clean sheeting with six saves and beating a Bucknell team that was picked to finish right behind us at number two in the Patriot League this season. That's quite the way to start it off. The men, WAG, started it off just as well, although they had to go up to scenic Lewisburg to take care of Bucknell. Baba Cali and David Jackson uh, tallied in order to get us a 2-0 shutout up there at scenic Emmett Field. Um, that moves us to 3-2-2 two, and two overall on the men's side. Sophomore uh, goalkeeper uh, Pierce Holbrook did his job. Um, so I'll tell you what, Wags, on the soccer front, that's the way to start it off. And it, with a pretty quiet week ahead of us for all sports, really the only one coming up is Navy women's soccer midweek who get to play Loyola at home. That could get them, if they win, which I would expect them to do against this team, that could get them to 2-0 and pretty early with their toughest opponent already out of the way. John, you may recall that a few weeks ago, you asked me, should we be concerned about soccer, both men and women, dropping some non-conference matchups, which perhaps we thought they should not have. And if you recall, my reply was, you know, these are just tune-ups for what really counts, Patriot League season. And boy, did both teams make a strong statement. I mean, for the women to come out and lay it on the team that is picked as runner-up, that's the team that people think can challenge Navy for the Patriot League title. What a statement to the rest of the conference about the strength of Navy. And Karen Cabrera said it. <laughs> they did so many things well in that match. And so many players played well. It, it really was encouraging. And Karen was saying that she's just seen this team getting better and better the last few weeks. And she feels really good about where they are now. With regard to the men, that goal by Baba Kali and the through ball by Grenado was, I mean, that was just, I felt like I was watching English Premier League or something. That was the absolute perfect touch through ball. Baba collected it and just very deftly left-footed it into the corner. Beautiful soccer, absolutely beautiful soccer. I think Baba Kali is on his way to a huge season, John. Um, he has been so good so far, and I, I mean, Coach told us at the beginning, OD said it had been prior to the season, that he is so difficult to handle. He's so strong on the ball, and if you give him the defensive attention you need to keep him off the scoring sheet, he's, you're going to open up things for others, and he'll just dish it. So, Baba, I, I was impressed. You, you saw that goal, right, John? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, I am. I would not be surprised, based on his development and his size, if he gets a call from MLS like his teammate Matt Nacita did. He is an absolute stud over the ball, and he just has a different appearance of poise this year. Yeah, you know, maybe it's just maturing a little bit over summer. 
maybe a little bit more time in the weight room. It's not that he looks fitter. It's just that he looks more explosive. Like on the women's side, I could tell like players like Graziano came back from the summer and they looked fitter. Baba Kali just looks different and, uh, and it's paying off. And to start off the Patriot League seasons for both teams with wins, particularly over Bucknell, who is typically a bugaboo for us, um, that's a good sign. That is a really, really good sign. Hey, John. Uh, Wag- oh, go ahead. You mentioned Matt Nosita. I don't know if you caught on Twitter, the New York Red Bulls posted a video clip. There was a great cross by the opponent. And the striker was rolling in, was going to just tap it into an empty net because the goalie had come out. And Nosita, what a play he made. He hustled back and snuffed it out with the great, you know, sliding tackle. That was big time. And I I can see that the Red Bulls are already very high on Matt Nosita. Talking to you, Greg Berhalter, you know, like we need – we need a good player uh, in the back. You know, I can see it, you know, Weston McKinney, Sergino Dest, Matt Nosita, you know, just household names with Kristen Pulisic and the, uh, and the rest. So we'll see what happens there. But first things first, really, really nice um, for, uh, for Matt's alma mater to get a win against Bucknell. And we'll keep you up to date as they get into the thick of their uh, schedule next weekend as well. Wags, I'll tell you what, before we came on air, we were talking about my favorite high school, Broadneck High School, and a Broadneck High School product, Finn Garner, had a pretty good weekend with the tennis racket. He compiled a 4-0 record. He won his singles flight, uh, and that really highlighted the efforts of his entire team in the season opening Joe Hunt Invitational in Annapolis. Uh, The coach's son won each of his three group matches to advance to the flight final where he would record a straight set 6-2, 6-2 victory over George Mason's Rithic Sardana, which is an awesome tennis name uh, on Sunday to win the flight title. Um, also winning singles groups, talking about sweet sports and tennis names. Also winning singles groups were Navy's Herrick Legaspi, J.J. Ederbeek, and Christian Pompelli each of whom compiled 3-0 and records within the round-robin group. Unfortunately, when they went to the next round, all three lost. On the women's side, out in scenic Milwaukee, uh, junior Stella Roboto and sophomore Emily, Emily Tannenbaum both picked up singles wins this weekend out there. Uh, Roboto advanced to the second round of the main draw, and Tannenbaum put it together a run to go to the consolation semifinals. On the weekend, Tannenbaum posted a two and two record. Roboto went one and two individually, while the duo also competed as a doubles pairing, but they did not make it out of the draw. So overall, pretty good, but also another good uh, local product in Finn Garner Wags uh, playing pretty darn well. Yeah, well, Finn was an excellent high school player at Broadneck, and I'm not surprised he's having success. And you mentioned the the other two players; they're freshmen, John. So bodes well for men's tennis that a couple plebes are coming in and making some more noise early, but it's fall tennis. This is not the regular season. And, you know, we don't know at all what Navy's lineup is going to look like, but I do expect come spring when it counts, the Finn Garner is going to step up and have a strong season. I wouldn't doubt that at all. Uh, rounding this baby out over the weekend, the fighting Gavin Hickey's kept their winning ways. Uh, they won their match while, um, Murph McCarthy and women's rugby 
uh, went down and lost to American International College in a low-scoring slugfest. They lost 12-5. Uh, while I, uh, like I said, uh, men's rugby uh, beat Mount St. Mary's 59 to 12. Uh, just a, a great performance from them out there. Hopefully you were able to go out there and see them. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you, man, uh, Wags Gray had four tries. That team is athletic. They are really, really, really fast. But if you haven't gone out to see Lewis Gray play rugby, ladies and gentlemen, you're missing something. John Lewis Gray is just tremendous. I mean, I we talked about him on the last pod. He's Navy's leading scorer already early this season, but it's just not just him. Ben Hall, Landon, Landon Ops. I mean, there's so many. Jack McMahon, the team captain, just so many guys contributing. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens when Navy rugby finally gets a tight match. I mean, they are winning so handily. I mean, John, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to the schedule as we speak, but is this not three straight shutouts? 88 nothing, 70. Okay. That, oh, Mount St. Mary's actually got some points. 88 nothing over the Citadel, 75 nothing over Southern Virginia, and now 59 12 on the Mount. Um, I don't know. You know, Air Force is down there at the end of September, John, and that's out at Air Force, which it looks, I guess, that's the day before Air Force Navy football. Maybe I'll have to pop, pop in on that event while I'm in Colorado Springs. Exactly. Uh, pack your uh, winter clothes because late September can get awfully chilly out there at uh, Colorado Springs. But that is very, very cool and not lost on me that Friday night, 10 p.m. start uh, Eastern. So that's 7 or 8 p.m. Um, out there mountain time under the lights. You can see Gavin Hickey's boys take on Air Force and then hopefully – uh, watch us bring home a win against Air Force the next morning. Um, the reason why we're talking about that Air Force game and the ECU game next weekend is because it was a bye this weekend. So uh, this is an abridged version of the wrap-up show, but please join us midweek. The Navy Football Podcast will be back with Wags, Eric Catani, and Keenan Reynolds as they preview the trip down to scenic Grunville, uh, North Carolina, as they take on uh, ECU. Um, and the Sing Second team will have our regular midweek podcast with guests, analysis, and predictions as well. Wags, I'm going to tell you what I saw this weekend before I give you the last word. I was really, really happy to combine work with pleasure. I went up to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania this weekend. I saw the Fighting Temple Owls uh, take on Rutgers at Lincoln Financial Field. There were tens upon tens of people in the in the stands. Among those 10 were Colin Schofield and his classmates at Temple, and it was really fun uh, taking part in Parents Weekend with him. But the Temple team, I tell you right now, Wags, that is not going to be an easy game in late October. I know that we were talking at the beginning of the year that that Temple game might be a joke. Um, Kurt Warner's son uh, wears number 13, looks like him, stands under the center like him. Uh, the freshman quarterback, true freshman quarterback, is the is the uh, signal caller for Temple. He has absolutely zero arm, but Temple has tons of heart, tons of defense, and that'll be a tough game for us. But it was awesome for me to get that little scouting report on Temple um, and super fun for me to, to actually uh, root for another big five team for once instead of Villanova. Wags, what was your takeaway from the weekend? 
Well, John, first of all, because of Navy's bye week and not having to cover a game, I came down to the beach, as you well suspected, and enjoyed a weekend at the beach. But I was doing some work Saturday. I had an article to write about Andy Borland, who's going to be uh, going into the Arundel County Sports Hall of Fame. And I settled here on the couch to watch Villanova Army, hoping that your alma mater might be able to send Army to an 0-3 start. Um, and your quarterback, your Villanova quarterback, basically literally threw the game away throwing ridiculous interceptions. Um, Army looked good, though. They had it They had it working. They had some big plays. Um, I saw that Jacoby Buchanan, their big fullback, got hurt. Uh, didn't he, I don't know if he died. Probably didn't come back into that game, but not sure how serious that was. But, yeah, Army rolled Villanova to get their first win. And then, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about Temple just yet, John. East Carolina is on the horizon, and East Carolina is – Two and one with the lone loss coming to nationally ranked NC State 21-20. And East Carolina actually outplayed NC State in that game. And they beat Campbell 49 to 10, which you expect them to beat at Campbell, but 49 points is a statement. Uh, Holden Aylers, um, he has been at East Carolina for six years. I'm telling you, he has. He is, I think his first start against Navy came in like 2017 or something like that. Um, maybe 16 even, but uh, Holden Aylers became the all-time leading passer for total yardage in the American Athletic Conference, which now part of it is because he played five years. But uh, he's a good quarterback, John, and they got a good running back as well, Keaton Mitchell. Um, so Navy is really going to have to step up the game on both sides of the ball because going down to Greenville – Dowdy Thicklin Stadium. It's not going to be easy. This is going to be a tough opponent in East Carolina. We'll talk about it much more on both of the pods next week, both the Navy football pod and our Sing Second Sports pod midweek. But yeah, East Carolina has got me concerned, John. All these teams, you know, and I'm no Maryland football sycophant, uh, not anymore, but um, SMU should have come in here and beaten Maryland on Saturday. Uh, they were up by a touchdown, gave up two late touchdowns and lost by one. Um, but East Carolina, SMU, Cincinnati, I mean, shoot, even Tulane is undefeated right now. Um, they haven't played a conference game, but as always, this is a really, really difficult, difficult conference. And when Houston which they've got their own problems. They've got like players fighting on the sidelines and that's kind of typical of a Dana Holderson team. But when Houston, South Florida and Temple are at the bottom of the standings with you and you're at the very bottom, that's a tough road to climb out of that. But very interesting to watch all the American teams and army uh, play this weekend. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough and rowdy college football season. Wags. Well, yeah, I watched the Maryland SMU game and obviously they got, Hunter Mordecai is back and quarterback for SMU and he can sling it. And, you know, they, Maryland was very fortunate to pull that game out and give credit to Maryland because in years past, they would not have won that game, but SMU would look very, very talented. Rashi Rice. Remember that name. That's the next future NFL receiver from the American athletic conference. And uh, yeah, the Houston game, that was bizarre with the players fighting on the sideline. Never seen that before, but you're right. It's typical under Holgerson. Uh, Kansas, I don't know where Kansas came from, but that quarterback for Kansas is A-grade legit, and uh, they were good. That wasn't Houston losing the game. That was Kansas winning the game. So, you know, it's Big 12 school, and they're kind of telling Houston, you may be coming to the Big 12 next year, but don't think it's going to be easy. 
so yeah, I mean, the big, the, both the American athletic conference is loaded. Um, but a lot of these teams are playing outside, you know, the SMU lost to a big 10 team. That's not an embarrassment. And Houston lost to a big 12 team. That's not an embarrassment. So, uh, yeah, interesting weekend of football, John. Well, it's not lost on me, Wags, as we go out. The, the resurgence of Kansas football happened with Ava Marie's participation on the Sing Second Sports podcast. We all know that that's a direct correlation, um, and Ava can thank us for that later. But uh, that does it for this week's update. Uh, congrats to all of the teams who brought home victories for the teams that did not the merits of the physical mission mean that next week or next match, you have a chance to redeem yourself and we'll be rooting for you to do so. For Chris Cervello and Bill Wagner, I am John Schofield. We'll see you midweek as we start previewing ECU. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.